Hey everyone, welcome to the Fizz Podcast, where we talk everything interior design, education, family, and owning it. I'm your host, Cynthia Soda, interior design professional, business owner, wife, and mom of four. back to the fizz today. I'm super excited because I have one of my now really great friends in the industry, Eva Healy, with me today. And we're going to be talking about having the hard talk, which for me is a subject that honestly, I feel maybe least qualified to be speaking on in any way. Often cringeworthy. Yeah, <laughs> cringeworthy. And more often than not, I find myself when I'm in a position where I have to have that hard talk, I feel like I look outside of myself for help in the in most cases. Um, and that's where in this episode, I really wanted to bring Eva on because we're part of this really awesome community and group of intelligent, badass, entrepreneurial design women. Great. Truly, it just feels like we have each other's back, which I honestly didn't know existed in this industry when I started. Um, And it's just so awesome to hear everybody's background. So thank you, Eva, for joining me. And I would love it if you could tell our listeners a little bit about you. So my name is Eva Healy. I own a firm in Oakville. Uh, We do luxury residential design, um, lots of new builds, lots of main floor, second floor renos, complete guts and and kind of redoing of existing. Um, Really, really cool stuff. Really, really cool uh, clients. Really, really, really cool stuff. Like I love everything that you put out there. Likewise. And I I always feel like I see stuff that you do and some of our de- other designer friends do. I'm like, damn it, I need to like step up. But I feel like everybody feels like that about their own stuff. Probably. And, <laughs> yeah. And then seeing say? other people's things, you're like, wow. So yeah, um, I have a great team of uh, all female staff. We are just rocking it. We've, we've kind of, you know, there's ups and downs and there's speed bumps along the way, but I think we've, we've really come up with a great uh, model for all of the um, uh, projects that we work on and we learn from our mistakes and uh, every time that we do uh, have a successful project which is 99.9% of the time um, we learn from the 0.01 that right. is not so great and I feel like you learn something new every day and, and most of the time it, it really does um, show that you're growing as a person, as, as an entrepreneur, as a designer to have those speed bumps. Otherwise you would just be kind of flatlining. And- right. Yeah. You have to learn, you learn from growth. I love that too, but it's just one of those things where we all, I think, want to have a business that feels as good as it looks on the outside. Like yes. literally <laughs> social media is putting our best foot forward all the time, but Absolutely. we always want to make sure that it feels that good too for us. And I think that's, so important um because yeah it does like when I'm looking at you from the outside and even knowing a little bit from the inside it still always feels like I didn't know she was having that struggle today like that looked great from the outside looking yeah. in um but even when you have those struggles is really nice because then everybody knows you're not perfect so when you make a mistake it's not like 
you made a mistake. It kind of helps <laughs> with that comparison trap, right? You're just like, oh, she's just normal, like I am. Yes, exactly. <laughs> We're only human. Exactly. Uh, yeah, now we work on some really, really cool stuff. And um, it's really, really exciting times, uh, really crazy times with COVID and all of the things that that brought with it. But I think a lot of... Um, a lot of growth and a lot of adapting and adjusting has happened with that as well. And some horror stories, right. <laughs> which we'll talk about. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm excited about those. One of the things I actually find fascinating about you, and I mentioned this to you when I wanted to have you on specifically for this call, is because you studied um, undergrad in law. And I have yes. a stigma in my head about lawyers being super chill and easy to like, they can compartmentalize their emotions so that they don't let it manifest physically and they can just handle those hard talks because like that's their job. So I always was curious if maybe you were just better at doing that than somebody like me who's super emo. <laughs> like, I'm so I think you hit, I think you hit the nail on the head. I did my undergrad in law because <laughs> I realized that I am not. <laughs> I do not like confrontation. <laughs> I don't like confrontation. I don't like to take a firm standpoint on just one thing because I often empathize with both sides of the party. Mm -hmm. um, I, I am emotional and I let things get to me. I think over the years I've, I've toughened up um, owning my own business and, and going through different scenarios with clients and contractors and myself and all the things that we, you know, go through on a daily basis, uh, with the design industry and just owning our own business. Um, but yes, you hit the nail on the head. I, I did my undergrad and I love studying it. And I, I do definitely feel, and I, so sorry, I should say I did my undergrad in law uh, and it's called law and society. So it was like more, more social and, and of course understanding the law, but I also did my um, uh, a double, double major in um, psychology. So wow. I always say, so I always say I study, I studied people and I studied law. So I really get to know my clients and know how they're going to act and react and all those things. And I also know my rights in case, you know, things go. <laughs> but to actually say that I have law experience, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and obviously not the personality as well, because that was something that I struggled with thinking that this is what I wanted to go into. And that hence why I did my undergrad in law and realizing that I, I love studying it and it was so interesting and, and the theories and all the, you know, the mm -hmm. things that you learn behind um, that I think has come into play in, in my life and in um, certain scenarios, but I don't think that I would ever <laughs> make a good lawyer. So mm -hmm. design, design is definitely much better of a suited uh, industry for me for many reasons and aspects. <laughs> Well, and that was, it's funny, actually, that you say also that um, you also studied psychology, because I did too. I got as close to having a major. We weren't technically allowed to have a major at Ryerson with the workload that the interior yes. design program had. So we weren't really technically allowed to have a major or sorry, a minor, but every course I took that was of my own choosing yes. was psychology. I, I was still awesome. have some of my old psychology essays. I was just fascinated by how people's brain work um so I yeah, feel and like I think it comes also, in handy yeah 100%. it comes in handy absolutely yeah we up, no we end up being a therapist half the time I feel like <laughs> well, well at least you did your education kind of co-currently whereas I spent four years with an honors double major in this awesome field that I will 
not use. And then I moved on to a completely separate <laughs> degree to get my interior design. So, you know, at least you did it once. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever. It's all good. At least I knew, well, to me, yeah, interior design was a whole like life path for me. I felt like from a little kid, I wanted to be an interior designer. So for I didn't even know what it was, but at the end just knew it was like really creative and that's what I needed to do. Um, But going back to, I guess, having these hard talks, one of the things that I find they don't really teach you in design school is how to manage a business and how to manage a business with all of that kind of stuff comes all these other people that you have to manage, like maybe diva contractors um, or, uh, or clients that don't get along with each other, let alone (laughs) make a decision with you or your staff who are going to be different from you and all these moving parts. And if we don't like dealing with conflict, which we don't, and that's fair, but when we dodge them, uh, I read a quote actually that was kind of fitting. I felt like it was um, a conflict resolution expert. His name is Adair Cohen. Um, And he said, when we dodge conversations, frustration set in, um, communication constricts, absolutely tensions that rise, trust evaporates, and then collaboration is done. And then that's yes. when you're like, oh shit, now we're yes. right. Yeah, because it's a team effort at the end of the day. So if that communication and that collaboration really um dwindles because you know there's frustration on both sides and God, I hate that guy and I just don't want to talk to him. Let him just do his thing and whatever. Then uh, it doesn't get any better. So that's where I had to, you know, and again, we'll, we'll discuss in, in more detail, but I had to kind of put my big girl, big girl pants on and, um, you know, say a few things. And, yeah. and it's, it's horrible because having the hard talks with anybody in general is bad but then when it it comes to your moral and business ethics and everything that's associated with you as a as a person but also as a business you want to put your best foot forward and appear to be a professional and I don't talk trash about my trades I don't talk trash about people in general as a life rule but especially (laughs) in in um uh business so how do you um you know uh deal with that conflict behind the scenes so that on the surface, everybody that's affected, uh, especially clients, because they're the, the ones that are really affected, it's their home, don't conflict and everything's running somewhat smooth, somewhat smoothly. Yeah. I always say it's a, it's a human process. Human error is inevitable. How can we minimize it? And or how can we um, put a great team together to face all these, these errors and omissions and try to stop them in their tracks or even stop them in their tracks. I feel like I try to future plan. I'm like, what can possibly go wrong here? Yes. You always miss, like you said, it's human error. It it comes with experience though. When you, yeah, you know what, what to look out for. And I still feel like even with my 16, Oh God, I sound old 16 years of experience. Um, I still learn something new on everything. I'm right behind you. I'm right behind you with 14. So it's okay. Yeah, no. And I truly, I personally feel like anytime I've been in a situation where something's going awry, it's almost like your body can feel it before you can. And yes. it's like you wake up in your the stomach morning, just drops. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, oh, shit. oh my God, like I got to deal with this. And it's like, 
your whole, it takes over your whole entire thing. I feel it in the back of my neck and in my shoulders and I feel it in my stomach and my bowels. And it's just like yes. resonating <laughs> everywhere. I'm like, Shh, I got to deal with this. Yeah. And you still try to put it off and it's not good for anybody. <laughs> no, honestly. And, and having a great team behind me in the office really helped too, because I felt like I was really taking on all the stress and, and the, um, you know, the, the toll on my body and, the, and, and everything that was happening very personally in a sense, because it yeah. had never happened to me um, yeah. as, as intensely as it had on this one project. And they were all just like, you know, you just need to like, talk to him, talk to all the, the people involved and make sure that we're uh, getting all, you know, the feelings out in the open so that you're not internalizing because you're going to fall apart. Like I can literally feel like the gray hair sprouting yeah. from my head. Yeah. It was that intense. And again, in my 16 years of being in the industry, I, I, I cannot remember another project. That was a simple project. This wasn't anything crazy complicated, but the contractor made it such that it was insanity. Yeah. And well, you did one of the first things then it sounds like, and I'll let you tell the story, but the first step in resolving these kinds of conflicts or having the hard talk is counterintuitive to what we want to do, right? We want to run and hide, yes. but the first step is to move toward it. Absolutely. And having the team kind of encourage you to do that is so awesome. So I'll let you kind of tell a little bit about that story because I feel like we yeah. got tidbits. So uh, so we were doing this was this was last year. Um, it was in the in the height of COVID. So you're already kind of adapting and adjusting and doing what you need to do in terms of uh, you know meeting on site and uh, availability and stock issues and back orders and and all those things. So um, it was a great project. Let me preface this by saying it turned out beautifully. The clients are super happy. They actually want us to come back and finish another part of their, we, we hit a main floor and a second floor right now. Let me give you the, the scope of the work. Um, and now their unfinished basement is next on the roster. Um, so it, it, it is a good ending. <laughs> but um, basically what happened is we, we are a very big proponents of pre-planning everything. pre planning, being proactive in terms of not only the designs, but also all the specifications, all of the materials that we're using in the space, all Same. of the, yeah, um, yeah like any, anything that, that comes up, we, we create schedules for the contractors, we create um, any sort of backup information that we can, along with this very intensely put together drawing package with all the information you might want. Um, we found that um, because people get so many emails these days, we also often create a Dropbox link for the project so that at any time anybody can log in. Where's that schedule? Oh, I don't know. I don't know where. When she emailed me, I have so many emails. Right. So at least you're able right. to log in. Yeah, like it just makes mm -hmm. more sense. This so, is so simple. I'm like, oh, I'm going to start doing that. Why the hell yes. I never <laughs> yeah, because then they'll be like, can you send me that thing again? And then they lose it again. Can you send me that thing again? So here's the link. Yeah. And like, maybe you have to resend the link, which is fine or whatever, but at least they have that. Um, so long story short, we had a great uh, project on the go. I um, was going to, so uh, the way that my company works is I don't have any contractors that work for me. Mm -hmm. I recommend contract, if a client obviously doesn't have any contractors or any you know, referrals from their friends and family, which sometimes they do. I tend to refer contractors that I've either worked with in the past or I've had talks with and we align in terms of 
the way that we work and our, you know, our approach to things and personality and all those things. So um, I had met a contractor via Instagram, which happens often in terms of, of trades, suppliers, a lot of stuff. Instagram's mm-hmm. awesome for that. Yeah. And he seems like a really, really great guy. Uh, we had been talking back and forth and he'd comment on our projects and, you know, all these things. And so uh, there was a small project that he was working on. Oh, a large project that he was working on that he recommended the clients contact me about because he was kind of running it for them and, and they were struggling a bit with design decisions and things like that. So that project, uh, the clients retained me and uh, it was more consultative because everything was kind of underway. So it was just kind of validating and yeah. putting things what they've already kind of done uh, into play and saying, oh God, no, <laughs> that's yeah. a big mistake. Let's no. do it this way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, um, I did all the decorating for the main floor and the master and like some other stuff. So, um, I had worked, uh, again, this was kind of COVID esque times. So I had worked remotely with them often and, um, my scope didn't really include going to site very often. So I only met the, I only went to site, I think maybe two times and he was never there. So it was always just messaging and DMing, but site looked beautiful, quality of work looked beautiful. Um, you know, the, the clients were happy with him. So great. We're chatting. I had a project uh, come up shortly thereafter that I needed a contractor for. And I thought, why not, you know, give this guy a chance. He seems like a great guy. <sighs> um, <laughs> and I usually don't like to didn't hold myself. Crazy dog. That might be just be my my everyday Amazon delivery. One sec. <laughs> yeah, it's just my daily daily Amazon. Um, so I um, I don't like to pigeon my whole uh, pigeonhole myself into one contractor when I do recommendations and referrals because I also do find that it's 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 um, a personality right thing. Yeah, um, but like it's personality, it's connection, it's everything. And so the clients really should have the last say. And so um, I did get two quotes, but I just felt really strongly that this contractor personality wise, especially, and he grew up in the same area that my clients had grown up in, um, would be a really good match because they just were cool guys and it would, they'd like each other. Yeah. Uh, a story short, he did get um, uh, hired. So what ended up happening was we, we were working on all the drawings and we just wanted a high level quote at first to get an idea of uh, how much labor would cost based on the ideas that we had in terms of layout and gutting and demoing. We hadn't done all of our, um, uh, of our elevations and our specifications yet. We were working on all those and we were really close. But um, what I wanted him to do was just to give us a high, le- high level quote based on we're doing a new kitchen, we're doing a bathroom, we're redoing the tiles, we're painting, we're this, we're that. Mm-hmm. So we knew that this was going to be, um, you know, a, a, an approximate quote and somewhat rough. And there might have been, you know, some sort of um, add ons later on and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so he gave us a quote. It was fairly um, um uh, detailed and, and the client had a few questions and we were trying to kind of drop the budget a bit because it was getting a little out of hand but you know how these projects snowball but I want it but it's too much can we do it yeah. for less so we were kind of trying to figure that out hence why some of the drawings weren't done yet because we were respecifying a few things so 
Fast forward to after they say, okay, let's start and let's hire this guy. We ended up making a few changes based on budget and based on that final kind of pally of labor and mm -hmm. the doing of and product, which is what we're kind of in charge of. And some of the things were coming a little bit higher. So how can we drop the price on our end? And maybe can you guys, not, not that we're negotiating fees. I do not, I am not a proponent of, can you do it for less? Mm -hmm. I am more of a proponent of how can we change the scope? to right. reflect a lighter budget because that's what that we also expect from our clients, right? Like if you want it for less, then we're going to change the scope to accommodate yeah. that. Hey, let's take out one thing. So yeah. we did end up taking out a bunch of stuff and we, we were re re kind of configuring things. And the, and so the contractor was, was pretty understanding of the fact, but he was getting, even at the beginning, he's like, listen, I've already revised the, um, the uh, estimate, you know, twice and let's just do it and we'll figure it out as we go. Okay. I mean, the clients want to know exactly how much it's going to cost. So I do need to see a quote that's reflective of the fact that we're taking this part out and that we're doing this and we're doing that. So yeah. I get it. You know, paperwork sucks for everybody. Um, I find that with contractors, especially in just trades, they're obviously working all day long on site come home, the last thing they want to do is redo paperwork. So I get it. Um, but that's really where we went wrong because all of a sudden as the project's progressing, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't quote for that. That's extra. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing here? That's extra. And it, it wasn't, it was not extras for the most part. Yes. We added on against snowball effect um, that we had to move, you know, a pot light because now that we have our, our junction box, um, because all of a sudden now we had, um, millwork got impeded and we didn't realize that it was so off center. We thought we could make it work. Yada, yada. So I think he was really gung ho in working with us because it was a re new relationship. But, um, uh, I think he, he realized that he was a little bit lenient in his pricing because he was trying to make a good impression. So now he was starting to backpedal and be like, I didn't charge for that. What do you like? Why? What, what, what? I'm like, well, okay. Like charge for what you need to charge, obviously nobody's here to give out money and time and effort. The client needs to understand that you want to do that. There's an associated charge with it, but he's mm -hmm. like, well, that, that makes me look bad. I don't want to keep adding on. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that is your prerogative. Let's leave it at that. Um, his whole mentality when it came to the, to the um, contract and to the, the construction and, and renovation was that he wanted to time everything so that he was kind of there for a chunk of days. Then the next trade came in, did their thing, did their thing. In theory, again, something that we do often as well. We obviously don't want people going back and forth 10 times to finish that one task. Mm -hmm. um, but with COVID, things went wrong. And the, the biggest uh, anchor of the whole project, the tiles, were pretty much throughout the whole um, project yeah. were delayed. And so, and not only, del well, you know, it was really sad. I don't know if you remember, there was the, the Montreal port strike. Yep. Yes, I do. Cause one of our yes, orders got held up and we were worried we were going to lose our entire deposit because the company we ordered through went under and everything. It was just yes. it was crazy. All so at the same time. We, yes. And so we um, put all of our eggs in one basket and we had all our tiles, every single one from this one supplier who through no fault of his own had shipped everything. Everything was on track for getting to uh, the project as, as we wanted it to, but was held up in the Montreal port because of the strike. And so the, the whole 
um, container wasn't coming. So I, as a logical and people-pleasing person, yes, <laughs> said, hey, <laughs> exactly. And and I should preface this also by saying that the the one of the reasons that we were doing things the way they that we were doing and trying to get quotes pre-drawings, which we normally don't do, is because the client's life was, I think when we first started talking, maybe before, four or five months pregnant. And so they really wanted to get this all done before she had the baby. And they obviously had to move out of this house. Well, actually, they bought a brand new house and didn't even want to move into it. They wanted to renovate because it was builder's basic. And that was one yep. of the reasons we were redoing it. They wanted to have this all done before the baby came. So everything was like perfectly aligned with a few weeks buffer. And we even mentioned, like she mentioned, and we mentioned to the client, like, listen, we're cutting it close. We do have a couple of weeks in between. So let's you know, if things go, if there's things are starting to delay, like, let's try to ramp it up and figure out how to make everybody happy. Piles are majorly delayed. We don't even have like a time as to where, when they're going to get there. And the millwork can't go in the pile. Uh, so millwork can't go in. Uh, the whole master bathroom that was demoed and gutted is all pile, which cannot go in. Um, so it affected painter, okay. plumber, Electric well, electrician did his thing. It affected a lot of trades. It affected him because he was on the site and was doing, uh, you know, uh, framing out extra bulkheads for accommodating for the new things and all those things. So all of this, I asked him, can you like pivot and come and be proactive with some of the things that might have come later? Do them now because we're at a standstill and hmm. keep going. Try to juggle it. Yeah. No. Install millwork. Install millwork without a base, maybe, and see if the tile guy can lay, you know, underneath. Try to come so that's up with exactly, around. Yeah, yeah, so that's exactly what I said to the client. I said, I don't see, you know, it's it's definitely not ideal, but you can definitely install millwork without tile. We can get it under underneath the baseboards. Um, we can definitely, you know, paint. We can plaster. We can mm -hmm. finish off electrical. Like, there's all these other things. And it was minor. Like, it wasn't like a gut job. It was minor. This thing was the tile. So this, he basically was like, okay, well, fine. I mean, I'll, I'll delay my tile guy. You need to let me know when it's coming and whatever. I'm like, I don't know. And every week, like we'd say, they'd say that it wouldn't. And like, it wasn't getting released and all these things. So he started getting a little pissy, which again, I, I totally get. He's like, why don't you just reselect the tile? We're like, yes. But as a designer, you obviously can understand Cynthia. Everything hinges on these selections. And if yeah. we're changing a tile, maybe we can find a substitution, but it's one particular tile for the, is very unique. And if we tried to, they've just messed up. So we were like, no, we'd rather wait. And it honestly, it should be any day now. It should be fine, it should be this. He just lost it after that. He honestly would be calling me. So things weren't happening on site. All his like sub trades would show up, but he who had to do kind of, things that that then affected the sub trades he wasn't showing up because he's like well i'm not gonna waste my time driving all the oh, no. his work i'd rather wait and then i'll just bang it out in two days and i'm like okay but no, no, nothing else can happen after you because you're not doing the thing that they need you to do to keep going so um yeah he he lost it on me on multiple occasions on the phone um and via text which and via tech always sucks too here. because it's so hard to feel that like everything yes. just comes out terrible 
You probably you don't, don't mean it terrible. Yes. Also you don't kind terrible. of, you don't get that, that indentation and like the intent of like, is that supposed to be a snarky or is that just like a very straightforward yeah. message or whatever? So we had a couple of those back and forth first. And then, yeah, I would say that there was at least three one hour long calls that um, I felt attacked. I felt personally attacked. I felt professionally attacked where he would just like, this is a disaster. You're so unprofessional. You don't know how to run jobs. How do you like even get business? How do clients, you know, recommend you? Ooh. You're an idiot. Like, like oh literally he called me an idiot at one point he, because, um, for the master bathroom, we, um, by again, this is why team effort is, is a collaborative effort. Um, we added uh, a steam unit underneath the shower bench in the shower. I've done that multiple times, never had any issues. And he called me kind of mid, mid reno. And he's like, wait a minute, how am I going to run the pipes from the steam unit that has a bench across from where the actual shower components are going to go? I said, well, I, either through the floor or through yeah. the, the wall, like whatever you need to do. Well, we can't run it through the floor because then there'll be a dip and then the water can get stuck and whatever, whatever. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So let's run it through the wall well let's forget the wall if we need to and instead of doing a niche let's create a ledge like this always trying to problem solve on, on site yeah problem solving so he kind of did that and he was like yeah great idea okay we'll do that but then again in the, in the height of his rage and his tantrum and of yelling at me he's like what kind of idiot doesn't even accommodate for these types of things and like how would you expect you for all that extra lumber and labor to create the ledge and I was like oh my god dude it's a charge you back for lumber okay. yes it was like it was like a one by two wall and you want to argue that you didn't charge for that well you should have probably taken a look at the plans and all of the stuff that we had designed to say hey wow I see a this because I'm the one doing this work yes that's, uh, where, that's where coming, doing all those drawings and having that plan, I find is, is helpful for us, but you do find out who actually reads the plans yes. and who does not. Yes. And all of a sudden it's like, instead of being proactive and finding all the faults and maybe yes, issues that allowing for them. Yes. In the budget, I Yes, ideally work on paper, but Hey, oh my God, there's going to be this thing in the way. And then we had, um, a wall mounted toilet that we were kind of in and out of whether we were going to do it in the master because of budget. Um, same thing. We had to throw out the wall because there was a toilet tank uh, or a toilet on the other side. Right. Uh, en suite. So same thing. He's like, who oh, kind of idiot doesn't accommodate for, you know, a toilet backing onto a toilet. I'm like, oh. it's not a big deal. Like we furred out the wall. Fine. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't charge for that. Who's going to pay for my labor and the lumber. And I was like, again, I, like I, I understand where you're coming from, but, you should have accommodated for that in your quote, knowing that we're doing steam and a woman to toilet and all. Mm -hmm. And then now based on that, he's like, well, you know, I didn't look at the drawings. I didn't look at the drawings. Oh my, oh my God. Oh, oh no, I mean, like, I mean, I know I, and you know, I, I looked at the drawings. Of course I looked at the drawings. <laughs> you could be but, like, what but, kind you know, of idiot doesn't look at the drawings? But no, but I'm more of like an on-site guy. I like to like just brainstorm and, and troubleshoot on site. So oh, I don't no. look at drawings. And I'm like, okay, having my personality and, and empathizing with people, I'm like, okay, he looked at the drawings. He didn't 
re-look at the drawings mid or you know mid reno because he sure. was looking at them when he was quoting mm -hmm. fine you know we've we've made everything makes sense we've allocated for all this stuff but that that whole comment about how i'm an on on the wall for the trades i don't like to put up drawings we were like where are our drawings on the walls you're supposed to be taping up our drawings so exactly, that whoever, yeah. electrician the tiler everybody knows what they're doing no, no, no i'm more of an on-site guy just write on the wall okay yeah well but you aren't but you aren't on site because you refuse to come to site because you don't want to spend a half a day on site oh my so gosh you need the information uh so that set him off i set him off and he's losing money and it's not worth it and was you know, he talking at all during this process was he do you know if he was saying anything to the client so not yet. At this point, I was just like, okay, it's fine. Uh, I think, you know, we did have a little bit of frustration that the client also had about the tiles and we all talked about it. And I said to the client, I've talked to the contractor. I'd like to kind of pivot and work on stuff that we can in the meantime, while we wait for these tiles. So I know he knew on the contractor's end and I kind of made light of it on site. I said, I know, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, can you hear me? Breaking up. Yep. Yep. I gotcha. Sorry. So, you know, I, I issue forward right away on site. And I said, I know this is frustrating. And I know that like, we don't have any concrete dates for these tiles and concrete dates for when we can do that because we're able to, um, you know, accommodate and pivot to other areas in the house. So those areas can get done while we wait for these areas. Right. So, and I said, I know that he like to the contract or to the client, contract was a little frustrated and not too happy with me right now but we're, we're gonna make this work and it should be fine we're working as a team so I, I think the, the contractor made himself uh very buddy buddy with the client the client was often on site even though he didn't live there he was kind of he's kind of squatting there <laughs> and at home with the two little kids um so they did chat badly of it but as things got worse and the contractor was having less and less patience for, we waited probably an extra month for things were happening in a month for tiles. It, it was really crappy, but we were trying to, you know, around these tiles so that we could do what we needed to do. And obviously selling his Tyler next week, next week. And he was kind of penciling us in weren't being released so yes i would be frustrated too if i were the tyler if i was the guy trying to create this logistical trade list of you know scheduling i get it but lost it on me so as as he was losing it on me he was uh ch chatting more and more, oh, no. um, voicing his concerns with the way that i was doing things and how i was don't do the work I, I do not implement the physical work. The only thing that I said that we could do to expedite things is tile or millwork on top and float the millwork over top of the yeah. tile. Sure. So the client, the client actually did his due diligence and he has some contractor and builder friends and had asked around if that was something that you could do. Oh, that's good. Yes. Yeah, so, 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 so even though he was buddy buddy with the client, at, at least the client also was like, okay, look, I also. Yes. I'm in the same party as you. I want this to move forward. So let me just see if what the designer is suggesting is actually, actually going to work. Sense. 
Yeah. So the client was the one that actually said, no, I'd rather wait for the files and hold off. We might be a little bit delayed, but we're okay with that. We'd rather do it right. Because the the advice he had gotten from other uh, contractors and builders was, yes, you can do that, but it's not ideal. So if you can wait, whatever. Right. So we ended up waiting. So in the meantime, yes, he started attacking my character. He started bad-mouthing me in front of not only his trades and the people that were coming through, but also my trades. Tiles finally come in. That was a story on its own. Um Tiling gets done. His So all of his trades were amazing. His Tyler was like this crazy Polish guy. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to talk about it. Um, crazy Polish guy who literally like finished in, in like a couple of days. And he was staying till like eight, nine o'clock at night. Oh, it's wow. black. He, I came by once because this project was fairly close to my house. And because I was so stressed out and already like, oh my God, this baby's coming and we want to get this into site a lot more often than I would normally because usually things run smoothly and all the information is already out there for everybody and I don't need to come to site and clarify and I don't need to do these things and I was going outside of my process to accommodate this guy right for his process that really wasn't working either Polish guy was there till like 9 p.m at night didn't even have like a, a floodlight or any sort of like working light he was using his, his like phone, phone flashlight <laughs> like oh my god it looks beautiful, that's perfectly level. That's a <laughs> the job right there. Yeah, I know, right? Flashlight to get it done. Oh my god! But so tiles get done. My millwork guys go in, and he's bad mouthing me in front of my guys. Oh no! My millwork guys, and he's like, "Ever this and ever that," and oh my god! Uh, I was like, so I'm hearing this from my guys saying, "Hey, this guy's talking shit about you," and I was just like. Oh my God, I thought we were all, because he did bring up when he was yelling at me, the I think the, the first or the second time. Okay. He's like, I don't want to look unprofessional in front of the client. I don't want you to badmouth me in front of the client. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. First off, if you, like, I take great offense at you thinking that I do that. that I would do that. I never do. Yeah. yeah, I am a professional. I do not air our dirty laundry in front of the client. That's one of like, number one rules of this business is there's a lot of shit that goes on behind the scenes that, most of our clients don't know about and, and it gets ironed out either. and don't need to know <laughs> and it gets ironed out before anything ever reaches the client we come right. to the client with solutions rather than issues so he was creating these issues with with along with the client and and spouting these things but me, in the meantime telling me i don't want myself to look bad and you can't like i don't want you to badmouth me and i don't want to have bad like, i don't want you to do it because so i'm going to do it first Basically, and I said to him, point blank, you will never hear a peep out of me about your race, <laughs> about your everything. We will deal with this. And again, common goal is to finish this project. Um, in the meantime, he was doing the same thing behind my back. So um, yeah, it sucked. And and then it turns out that yes, he, he's bad mouthing me to the client and the client was being very, um, you know, neutral and understood where I was coming from, understood where he was coming from. Mm -hmm. The funny thing is That's he's good. a lawyer. <laughs> funny thing is he's a lawyer speaking of all these things. And so he wasn't taking sides and um, he compartmentalized. <laughs> he, he compartmentalized and also understood the facts. <laughs> oh gosh, yes. And the precedent of there being no precedence to a tile strike in Montreal. And like, right. I'm sorry, right? So he was being really, really good. Um, but I think it all got to everybody at one point. And my, so throughout all of this, and this is like, uh, 
three month process. So this sounds like a lot of like back and forth, but honestly, like the first month was great. And then the last two months were like torture. And yeah. we really just wanted to get this done. This, this project was supposed to take six to eight weeks. It did end up taking an extra month because of various factors, including the tile. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also um, due to the fact that this, this contractor basically checked out and he was like, I'm not interested in coming back and doing any deficiencies. I'm out of like time and allocations for this project. And you basically like effed me over and I don't want to come back. And I was like, what do you, like literally we were 99% done. There was a few deficiencies and were things that even like, it wasn't my OCD, which you know, we, we all have to we all have, have a little eagle yeah, eyes. Yeah. 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 And I let a lot of things slide because mm-hmm. this isn't uh, the calendar. Well, it was a reno. Uh, it's not a new build. It's things hard to make it perfect. perfect. I find with reno too, it's like the painting is always like, oh, well, that's not perfect. I'm like, because this is an there was old a big wall hole. and there's like yeah. a new wall. Yes. And like, it's not going to be that, but people don't really understand that. They still just see the sparkle and they expect the Absolutely. sparkle through and through. So yeah. Yeah. And so the client actually understood that. And the client was very fine with a lot of the minor imperfections of the home. Yes, it was a brand new home, but it was also a spec home. It's a builder home. They cut corners. They don't do things as properly as they should. They were Mm -hmm. okay with the wall, not being, uh, you know, a level five paint finish, which I was like, Oh my God, like this isn't a custom built brand new home. It is a brand new home, but it's not it wasn't finished to this, this, um, to that level, yeah. so, but yeah, so he started bad mouthing some of the things that were m- minor crooked, you know, millwork that under the bulkhead didn't fit as exactly as it should, because the bulkhead was slightly off or the floors were slightly off. And right. He was bringing these things up to the client and not to me. Mm-hmm. Is there, they're cutting corners. They're not doing it properly. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Why, why aren't you telling me? So that I can do the quality control to tell my guys, my millwork guys, yeah. to fix that little corner. Why yeah. are you going straight to the client and basically throwing, throwing me under the bus? It was it was those. It was a lot of those. Yeah. And so those final deficiencies weren't even big things. Like he didn't. Um, the garage door you have has the automatic like um, wing arm at the top for right. fire rating. Yeah. It has to close. It it wasn't put back on because they they took it off to prop the door open to and then never put it back on. Yeah, so like what well, that was one of the deficiencies. They're like, ooh, Not, big deal. Oh, yes. Five Another, right. And then like there's like minor things like touch up this, this, uh, there was a little piece of trim missing. Like it really wasn't big stuff. So I sent a very professional email to the painter with deficiencies, to the electrician with deficiencies, and to this guy with deficiencies. Everybody's little deficiencies. It was maybe like a 10-point list of his stuff. And I get a text being like, How dare you? How dare I what? (laughs) How dare you bring up deficiencies and expect me to come back and do them? Oh my gosh. Yeah, like, but, but. (laughs) So then I call, I'm sorry, but these are the client's deficiency lists. I am just passing on the information to all known parties. And this isn't that you did something wrong. It's just a few things that you didn't do yet. I'm out. I'm out, not interested, goodbye. So long story short, project was amazing. It turned out beautifully. Clients were super happy. You took care of all the deficiencies yourself. Final list of deficiencies, I had to bring in a different contractor. I had to bring in a different contractor 
who would have charged me an arm and a leg um, because it's not his job and he's fixing errors and omissions and minor from things. somebody else's project somebody else and no trade ever likes how another person exactly. in that same exactly. trade does the work and because it was my professional reputation on the line of course I'm going to make the client happy and of course I'm going to finish this and not just leave them hanging so I was ready to you know pay for somebody else to come in and fix right. this it's not about the money to this no. guy. It was about the money and it was about the time and, and how he's so busy with all his other projects that he doesn't have time for this one. You, you can't finish a project that you started that your reputation's on the line for. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then he was dangling. Oh, the clients aren't happy with you. You're not going to get a good uh, review out of this one. You're not going to do well. Okay. okay. Thank you for letting me know. Th th thanks. Okay. Well, don't, don't you worry about me. I, yeah. I will. I'm fine. I'm sure so, you've done your best and hope are hoping for the best to work out on your end. But. Yeah, and it was like, it was minor stuff. Like this guy, we, we had a very thorough scope of work. And on the very first page of our scope of work, um, some of the things that we uh, you know accommodate for right away that our contractor responsibilities is taking away all the garbage, whether it's with a bin or if, if you know, the, the, the demo part's done and a bin isn't needed, then loading up all the boxes, like everything comes in boxes. What is the client supposed to do with a garage full of recycling? Like he's not going to yeah. put it out. He shouldn't have to put it out no. on the street when it's recycling day. Oh, but this contractor was like, well, let him just put it out on the street. Mm -hmm. No. And then what about like the 20 bags of like styrofoam and garbage? Well, I mean, I did my work and I, it took away the, the debris. I'm like, but uh, there's more. <laughs> okay. There's well, that's not part of my scope. Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. So yeah, I brought in my own contractor at the end. What another one of my own that I work with, mm -hmm. who is the the sweetest, the most accommodating, the most um, just the diamonds in the rough. Yes, and even the clients who at this point free physical moving furniture and all that stuff. There was a few minor things, even called this contractor the B word. He was like, what a little B, because this guy is all talk and all bark and all this and all that. I'm the best. I can do the best. And these people suck. And this, and then he doesn't come through or he, he does, or, yeah. or it takes him an hour of venting to say, yeah, of course I'll come. And you're like, yeah, so yeah. why are you creating all this tension and this drama to then say, oh, of course I can come. Yeah. So yeah, so that was a very, very hard <laughs> lesson to learn. And my team, uh, you know, advised me throughout all of this as I'm venting to them and, you know, speaking with my husband, I'm like, oh my God, I've never had to deal with something like this. What do I do? And I've, I've, I've tried to, um, you know, have that conversation with this contractor and say, nope, you know, this isn't how we need to act. We're not children. Let's pull together. What would, what can I help you with to make your job easier? Yes. How can I accommodate yes. what I can do for you so that you can finish your job? He wasn't having any of it. So, you know no, what? I'm doing all the things I'm doing. I'm moving towards the conflict. I'm trying to help you however I can. Like, I was there. I was there on the weekends hauling garbage. I actually had my husband come on a Saturday. We dropped the kids off at my parents mm -hmm. and we came to the house completely out of scope obviously yeah. but do I care at this point no I want to make the client happy we hauled garbage I broke up boxes I put all the lights in the proper areas for the electrician to do what he needed to do I was there to I actually hired a handyman to start moving things around again at the client's cost because the client understands that this contractor is not willing to go above and beyond even if he's willing to pay 
So we hired a handyman to actually move things around to accommodate for the painter and like some of the stuff that was already stacked in, in, in its right. place. All these extra things and he just didn't get, get it. it. He didn't. So, you know, and my team the whole time, they're like, listen, like this guy's like a bad apple. He's going to poison the whole thing very correctly, you know, saying these things. But I said, oh, my God, we're so close to the end. Like, there's just like, no just point. Get, yeah. You know, in like making myself look bad, making him look bad by approaching the client saying, hey, like this guy's not working out. Like it was just so close. So right. I you probably taste it. On. You just wanted to finish because you can taste it. Right. And you're just like, I can do it. I've been doing this for a couple months. I can do it a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And for me, the biggest thing was um, just getting it done and avoiding any more conflict because he knew where I stood and I knew where he stood. And I basically he just, he would harp on the same thing over and over again. And I said, I understand and empathize. And I'm so sorry that I made your life harder, but what can I do to help? And when that didn't work, I said, okay, so obviously you're not willing to accommodate to what we need to get done. We just work differently. I totally get it. We'll figure this out. I'll get my own people if I need to. And he, and he took offense to that. No, we don't do things differently. I know how to do things properly. You're just not accommodating. And I was like, oh my God. Oh, yes, that's so exactly confused. what I just said. We do things differently. You do things properly Absolutely. and I do things my way. <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel agree. like that was a great eventually, right? Yes. And that was basically <laughs> what I was saying. Yeah. Like we will agree to disagree. And then he went off again. I was like, oh my God. Okay. So, and I was really, um, I was really, really uh, playing around with, telling him off at the end after it was done. And I was like, I just need to get it done and call this guy in, in a very professional way. Again, being like, listen, that <laughs> was in a really professional way. That was really unpleasant <laughs> and stress inducing. And I will not be using you again. <laughs> Thank, you very much. Thank you but for the lessons luck. that you have gifted me. Absolutely. That I will take forward now into my career. Absolutely. The toughest hard talk I've ever had in my brain. I feel which like I that's crazy because your hard talk, I mean, unpacking all of that, your hard talk was essentially you trying to find a middle ground or trying to have this hard talk just with somebody, some other party who just was not willing or wasn't having it. Absolutely. Um, and and I think that's one of the things that maybe was missing even on that end, which is so uncontrollable and again, scary about having the hard talk is you don't know where that person stands. Yes. You don't know if they're willing to treat you as a human and kind of play around with the fact that, okay, look, at the end of the day, we do all want the same thing. Yeah. So, like and, and, what is, who's this serving? Know, I know that it's, it's, um, it's a card that some people play. I don't often play it, but being a female in this industry is hard. And sometimes I feel like the lack of respect comes from, oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. He even said to me at one point, he's like, oh, you just come to sight and look pretty. I'm like, pretty, well, thank yeah, you. I've that I one mean, before too, yeah. Thank you. Th thank you if you think I'm pretty, <laughs> but that's not the point. I am a talented and um, professional businesswoman and entrepreneur, and I would have not been able to do all the things that I've done by just standing there and looking pretty. I actually yeah. know what I'm talking about, and I actually know how the, the natural progression of a build needs to go or a reno needs to go yes things had to adjust and pivot to accommodate for 
unknowns and with COVID and with delays and with things. Yes, of course. So much was unknown. Yeah, absolutely. And was it the smoothest project, even if that had, hadn't, hadn't happened? Probably not. There Again, human error, human mistake. And what we tried to mitigate was by doing all the drawings, all the schedules. So I, I know I'm, I'm like an hour in and I'm still talking okay. to you about but yet another example is we, again, we create schedules of everything that we need to do. And, uh, you know, we create almost like a Coles notes version of here's the big drawing package and here's all the information for everybody. Here's what it all needs to be here, the dimensions, the heights, the widths, whatever. But then, and on top of the notes and, and specs that we add onto these drawings, we also create visual schedules for the tiler. Here's all the tiles. Yeah, here's the, sure the Yeah, yep. same. Yeah. Here's what the grout color is. Here's what the joint's supposed to be, the pattern. Yep. Refer to to uh drawing ID 1.5 to right. cross-reference. Again, going back to I don't look at drawings, I'm a slate guy. Mm -hmm. We even brought a copy of all these schedules, which typically the builder would be printing out and adhering to the walls. We even brought a copy for him because he hadn't done that. And yeah. so you know, grout basically comes at the very end uh, for backsplashes. We were doing a backsplash right. in the laundry room and the, the the grout for the floors right away. He was like, where's the grout? Because we ordered all the all the tiles. And I said, oh, well, the grout, I mean. Because the tiles were imported, we just figured your tiler would get the grout. Everything's packed in the schedule. You know, let me know if there's any issues. So mainly it was white grout and room. we did like a terracotta tile. So right. we needed a terracotta grout. Did he not wait till the last minute, the day of, to want to pick up the grout? The Tyler's on his way. I need the grout. And I'm like, well, okay, but okay. Tyler has been there for the last month tiling other areas. So, so why didn't he, he pick up the, yeah. the grout then? Oh, well, you know, I'm a psych guy. I don't look at that stuff. It's, I, oh, God. I didn't. You're like, well, I'm not a site girl, but I did leave you all the information. <laughs> and of course, and then I kept saying, please refer to the schedules. Please refer to the Dropbox with all the information. And then he was getting pissed off at me. He's like, stop telling me to look at the drawings and the schedules. I'm a site guy. And you're like, oh, God. Yeah, and that's so one of the things. This, uh, this, this terracotta grout was special order. And fantastic. I need you to go pick me up some grout in the next hour or the Tyler's not going to come. Oh my gosh. I am not your lackey. This is work. You were supposed to pick. And I'm so sorry, but I'm in a meeting. I cannot go physically pick up the grout for you, especially because the grout is special order. Oh my gosh. And ask my staff to specify a different grout because I'm not in the office. I'm in a meeting. Um, he called the client. Eva won't pick up the grout. So my Tyler's not. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So the client on move-in day had to drive to Woodbridge to pick up grout from one place that had a very similar color. He used to go and do it himself because that wasn't part of the scope. But and it's part of the client's scope, apparently. Yes. And I yeah. even said to the client, so sorry that you have to do this. I really don't think you need to be doing this. I can mm -hmm. for you and get this done. But I'm really disillusioned by the fact that, that it's not day of when they've had this information for the last three months. Yeah. And that's probably, again, goes to show. And that, yeah. It, and that was I a hard talk with the client. Yeah. Listen, I, how do you, how do you not throw somebody under the bus when 
they are doing the same thing at, at the same time to you. Yeah, you're trying to be still professional and keep your cool, but at the same time, now he's saying the reason that the client is now put out is your fault. Yes. And yes. Now, so you have to say, this is not my fault. <laughs> Like, but again, without sounding defensive. Exactly. And it's like a little bit, it's what I find that the most conflict that we end up coming into, and again, unpacking all of this is going back to that beginning whole process where you didn't get to follow your process. You didn't get to be clear about the expectations for the full renovation. You send him those. And I've had this happen before too, where you send the initial kind of drawing package to get in a high level estimate. And instead of the contractor or trader, whoever it is going back and reviewing your finalized set to make sure that they've, they've accounted for everything. Yes. They just go off of either memory from the first time they were looking at the drawing yes. or, or I don't want to look bad and I'm not going to charge extra. So I'll do these things for you, but then, and then be mad about yeah. it. Yeah. 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 So, and so, I feel like yeah. that's another reason why it's so good to have things in writings. And we often don't have things in writing with our trades as a contractors. Um, but I, it, it came in handy for me once with a client where the, the scope just kept increasing. And even during the process, she was a lovely lady. It didn't work out and we aren't going to be working together. But we also did that kind of mutually as well. Um, because they kept adding to the scope and I was like, okay. And she was like, oh, I know that this is going to cost extra. Just let me know, like, um, when we kind of get to it, what we'll, what we'll be at. Cause I know that this is way bigger now than what we were originally doing. I'm like, great. Okay. No problem. Well, we get so far into the process and then they decide, no, this is too much. I don't want to do it. So let's go back to the first little thing that I was doing. And I'm like, okay, so here's the bill, like thinking she'd be fine. Cause she knows that we've been doing stuff here's what we've done so far. And then we'll do this for like, go back and revise what we've worked on for this new estimated amount. And then they just kind of lost it. It was like, I think they were, yeah, they were disillusioned with the fact that they wanted to do something. They thought they would be able to do it. And then maybe decided, no, I don't want to spend that kind of money here. But after we had already done all the work. And And I think that that is a very, um, tough thing to um try to back up because it's not a tangible well it is tangible because you have drawings but that's but it's exactly not a tangible yeah yes it's not a tangible thing that they actually received and uh, got value out of so mm-hmm. why should I pay you for your fees for doing the thing that I'm now not doing exactly and like, the thing is that we are also thought leaders like we are creative not only now have you seen plans that would be absolutely stunning for your whole house, including a second floor addition, potential elevator, all these things. And now you just want to run out. Yeah, it would have been beautiful. I had even like drawn up sketches of what the exterior of the house is going to look like. Oh, we went far. And it's like, we had to pull back and I'm like, okay, I will charge you now just, and even, even in my charging, I wasn't even charging for the full amount, but it still was like, no, I don't want to pay for this because now we're not going to do it. And you should have told me it was going to cost this much. I'm like, but I did like, we added on so much. How was I going to know what this was going to be? And so for me, it was a lesson in making sure that we are very clear in our proposals. And anytime a client, no matter how lovely they are about saying, yes, I will pay you extra. I know that this is more blah, 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 blah. That's when I immediately put together an additional service. Yes. 
Yeah. And that's when I initially will send, okay, yep. Oh, you want to add that foyer? Sure. I'll measure it while I'm here because I'm measuring for this family room right now that we're working on. I'll measure the foyer now because I'm here and then I'll send you an additional services before we do anything for it. They sign off on that. Now I do the work. I'm very much, I feel like it taught me to be more structured. Yeah. And in theory, that is always what you want to aim at. But every time I find that I'm like, okay, yes, I know I usually do it this way, but I'll do it this way because we're mm-hmm. already into it and I'll do, I'll, I'll yep. do it later is when uh, things go wrong. And that's always a very, very hard lesson to learn and be like, damn it. I should have trusted my gut and done it the way I normally do it and not do anything without final kind of confirmation and, and authorization from the client to understand that they understand what the scope is going to uh, in know, writing <laughs> they understand what it's going to but be but listen exactly but listen even that that sometimes doesn't work either i have yeah. non-paying clients that are very aware of the next milestone payment they know exactly what mm-hmm. but that you need to pay and my my whole um uh you know is that we uh take payment prior to those phases yeah, yeah the next which phases yeah we often don't adhere to because we're working towards this goal and oh my god we forgot to and then you go oh, shoot i forgot to bill for phase whatever yeah, yeah exactly so yeah. i give i i gave them the invoice at at the presentation rather than prior to yep and oh my god uh, i've done that way too many times yeah and, and <laughs> i know yeah. All these clients have basically disappeared off the face of the earth, mm. have hard copies and soft and yeah, and, and soft copies of, of all the drawings. They're not complete because that was the next phase in, in refining and adding notes. But and all they're the probably pretty to. close if you're like me. The non-complete drawings take, are oh they can take those and go. Lot. Yeah. And it was a big chunk of money. And uh yeah. We're, we're going to be fighting that one out for a little bit. Yeah. And that's, and oh my gosh, I don't. And that's not a fun conversation. (laughs) It's never, it's never fun. Cause it's almost like you feel because money, I mean, I'm doing some coaching now. Not, I'm not a coach, but I'm having coaching. (laughs) Like I've enrolled in coaching um, classes. And I do feel like if you look at money in only a static way, then it's not, it, it devalues everybody's process, right? Like money should be an energetic that is kind of shared between these people who really truly value another yes. person's service. Yes. And when you feel like you have to fight for the value of your service. Yeah, like you have to validate so yourself for me, like, but I'm worth it and I did the work and why aren't you paying me for these hours that not only I had to put into it, but also my staff. And not I the have hours, a... but the thought leadership. You couldn't uh, do that absolutely. on your own. So you hired me because we have that. We are the leaders for this whole process to get it to that next level. That has value. Absolutely. And but they don't value that. They're like, no, it's, I mean, I'm not either. I'm not going to go ahead with it or I don't think they changed their mind. So yeah. now it's not worth it to them anymore, which is the situation I had with my clients. Yeah, they changed their mind. They're not going to do the full renovation. So now I don't have to pay you for all of that work that you did. And it's like, like, yeah, doesn't matter if you're not going to actually implement it. I still 
gave you all the ideas and did all the stuff. Yeah. And that's what I kind of find, I guess, perplexing about the whole idea of having the hard talk is you also, not only are you navigating how to approach that with these people, but you're also navigating your inner thoughts and those demons that are telling you, oh, maybe they're right. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not worth it. Second guess yourself. Yeah. And, and yes, am I not worth it? Or did I do something wrong? What did, what did I do to get this reaction out of these people? And, and did we, where did we go wrong? You know, you're going back to emails. You're like, no, that sounded, no, that was okay. Yeah. yeah, We, we talked and we, they approved and this and this happened. And, you know, even with this contractor, like we had two site visits prior to any work happening with multiple trades to kind of figure out logistics because it was a, yeah we had multiple emails back and forth like we tried to be as proactive as possible possible as to the expectations so where did we go wrong like we're going back to his quotes and being like okay but you know his quote says he's gonna do should i have caught yeah should i have caught this on like should i have caught on to this should i have done more here and you're always kind of seeing all like every little part of the project and you sound like me where everything is personal. Like I almost take everything. I was not sleeping. I was not eating. I was like just a basket case with my poor family. Oh yeah. Kids, they're like, mommy, are you okay? I'm like, no. Yeah. I was so emotional. And I'm like, guys, like, I I, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I'm sorry if I snap at you or if I'm, you know, I just go off on tangents where I'm just like, we need to get better. And I'm like, but we are like, we're there. Like there's nothing wrong with anything that we did. Yeah, I do. I've done the same, like with my staff, like we need to be better. We need to work. Like, it's always like a we thing. They're like, Oh, I don't know. I'm working as hard as I can. (laughs) And again, we're not perfect. Like there, yes, we did make some omissions and yes, there was, you know, maybe, maybe things could have been done differently. You know, hindsight, hindsight's 2020 and sure. Like if we, if I had known that this would have been a pitfall, then I wouldn't have done this thing. And right. And like, this is real life. You gotta, like I said, just kind of adjust and, and go on with it and figure out a way to finish it and successfully. And so that again, end user client is happy and they pay because <laughs> that's, right. that's always important. That's, um, all, that's the energetic that shows that they're happy. They paid you. They're happy. Right. They, they recognize the fact that I was there on the weekends hauling garbage and right. you know, like, but no, that's the thing. I do like, not. Do. Yeah, that's something you don't really do, I'm sure. I appreciate, I mean, I do it in my own house, but for my clients, that's why we hire people. And that's why you're paying that guy to do the thing to make this all happen. So if if it means, yes, I have to go there and babysit and move things around, yeah. I will do that. And that yeah. just shows my character and shows the, the and then, But that's also something you can feel good about, right? Yes, like, absolutely. You can feel good about it because you're still putting your best foot forward. At the end of the day, it doesn't sound like this you were going to get anywhere about navigating this hard talk with this with this particular no. individual no. because what is important is trying to stay on the same level. And if that if that person kept dipping below the level and trying to bring you down to that level with him yeah. and you didn't want to go there, then there was going to be no saving it. If if you're trying to pull him up and he's trying to pull you down, you have Whereas, to yeah. find that middle ground, right? It's, there was no middle like, ground. It was his ground or, or no ground. Or no you're, ground. You're, you're, you're drowning. <laughs> it was a no, it was but, not going to be a mutually beneficial thing, which I think no, it did like, not work out. You got to move away. You got to move towards that conflict and try to do it. I don't know. Sometimes I always try to approach it. And maybe this is me because like I'm funny, 
like soda pop, the fizz, like I'll try to move towards something and kind of make a joke, even with my loved ones. If I have to say something one time, I would be like, if it was something touchy with my mom or my sisters or my husband or whatever, I'll say something along the lines of, okay, so I want to say something and just promise you won't get mad. And it's kind of like, they don't want to get mad because they don't want to prove that you know that they're going to get mad. No, and, and I think it go, again goes back to like confrontation and not wanting to, you know, hurt people's feelings and always yeah. empathize, but, but also standing your ground about whatever, you know, topic you want to discuss. So there's, it's, it's very hard and, and being an outsider, everybody can give you the best advice ever. And that's what I love about um, our designer group and our, our kind of chats where we can come to each other and say, hey, girls, I'm, you know, I'm dealing with this and this and this, and everybody will give you advice. And it's all wonderful and perfect advice. But sometimes it's very hard to implement that advice because you're yeah. in the thick of it and your emotions get in the way. And yes. but but they don't know that that if I do that, then this is gonna know that yeah. like, ideally, I should let him go. But I can't because literally, it's like a week away. I'm I'm so close. Yeah, exactly. Again, I'm yeah. so close. I can taste it. This is so, yeah. And it's definitely not an easy, an easy thing. And I mean, um, I think that's the other thing that I try to even remember and impart to my kids as much as possible as well, is that you are only in charge of so much. You can only control how your emotions, like your own emotions and how you react to somebody. You can't change somebody else. You can't make them, you can't make them feel the way you do. You can't make them change their opinion because they're going to have their own opinions and they're probably going to be different from you. That's where your psychology uh, undergrad is uh, coming <laughs> yeah, into play. It comes back up. It always comes to surface. <laughs> you, you alone are responsible for your emotions and your reactions. And if you don't like the way that you reacted, that's on you. So you Absolutely. can change that. If you recognize Absolutely. it, you can change that. Um, and just try to remember, I guess, everybody craves mutual respect and understanding. Maybe the way this guy was trying to go about getting it was not. Yeah. And again, it doesn't need to be perfect. It doesn't need to be or, or mistake or whatever free, but it's the way that you deal with those emotions and the speed bumps along the way in, in both professional and personal life, I think is what really dictates the outcome and, and the expectations of what everybody's going to be feeling and how we can kind of come to a mutual conclusion and decision on whatever we're discussing. So Right. And walk away some, somewhat unscathed at the yeah. end of the day. like Or learn from your mistakes and be like, okay, well, that really sucked, but not acceptable on my behalf to whatever. And so exactly. you kind of, un you, you learn and, and again, it's never going to be completely smooth and it's never going to be completely, um, you know, uh, bump free, um, experience in, in any sense, but having those, those tough talks with people throughout the whole thing, keeping in mind that everybody's emotions and everybody's characteristics and personalities come into play. How can we come to a, some sort of mutual decision or conclusion to this issue without, calling each other names and throwing exactly. each other under the bus.
Yeah, I love that. And that's kind of, for me, I think the, the biggest takeaway is just trying to face it. And the longer that you put it off, if you're in yes. the middle of something right now, just the worse it's going to get. Because I think Absolutely. at that point with your, with your situation, even though it honestly wasn't really that long, like your whole it wasn't. relationship like, was And it wasn't long. a big project. And that's what really bugged me. You know, oh. we work on such big projects. We work on such complicated houses and, and really detailed things. Like, you know, I started second guessing, like, did we, did we not put enough effort into this house? Did we, you know, did we pivot? Oh, I think you the, did. You took the garbage out. That's a lot of effort, Eva. <laughs> basically. But it, but it's, again, that's that human nature that like makes you want to like rethink the whole thing. So yeah, I think learning from it all. And, and again, he's not, he's not a bad guy. The quality of work was awesome. The, um, you know, the execution of the things that he did 99.9% um, were great. The process, painful. Yes, stressful. Unnecessarily dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> so I will look back at this and go back to this home because. Because um, now you're going to do the basement. And we're doing the basement. I, I honestly, I think the client's a little tapped out because <laughs> it's just very stressful. Yeah. All this because we were aiming to have the home done before the wife gave birth. Um, they, she actually had the baby a month early, so oh, timing would have not worked out anyways. Yeah. And so they, they did say like, you know, we, we are willing to wait a few extra weeks or whatever after the baby was supposed to be born, but now they had to wait, wait an extra, whatever, six weeks because the baby came a little bit earlier. And also they were very, um, uh, cognizant of the fact that no dust in the air and no unnecessary people you know in the house and all those things so right. well, it all it all made sense but yeah I think at the end of the day I'm I'm very pleased yeah project um I actually got a referral from them for a, a very big project from this so That's it just fantastic. goes to show it, it was all worth it but man <laughs> <laughs> it was a, the blood sweat and tears will eventually pay off and I am a Absolutely. believer in good karma and the fact Absolutely. that you can whatever you put out there that energy comes back to you in some way shape or form yeah um, and it's not even about like you know my business or my ethics or me like I just genuinely like these clients and I genuinely empathized with their situation and with yeah. their with their needs and their, um, you know, uh, need to move back in and, and have this beautiful home so that they could enjoy it. So I think also thinking about not just yourself and obviously sacrificing all the things that I did, it's also, these are the people that are going to now appreciate those things. And yes, great, I'll get referrals and they're really happy, but they will enjoy this house. And I can exactly. honestly say, welcome home and welcome to your new bedroom and your oasis. and yeah we're in baby but at least you have this beautiful room that you can nurse at all hours of the night in, and yeah you know that, yeah. that made it exactly and that's the energetic that I'm sure they feel which is why they would call you back to do the basement right that's the that's the thing you still put it out there and I think I commend you for that I know that that was not easy for you um I could tell just even when things were things were going on that it wasn't easy and I could feel like I could feel what you were feeling and I, I, I dreaded it for you. It's like, nobody wants to step into those shoes, but you got to do it. Um, but again, going towards that, like walk, walk, putting on your big girl pants, as you said, and just saying, this is what we got to do. Um, I guess some other tips that I saw were 
act as if you know nothing, which I thought was interesting. You could say to them, okay, what is it? What do, what do you need? How can I help you? But what, that's something that you did. You said like, how can I help you? What yes. do you do here? Um, what is it? Like, we want to get back on the same playing field. What can they Absolutely. do? But um, pivoting it onto them, my husband actually, um, he's a banker. So everything's very black and white. And um, I think we also had discussions about all this and, and how, you know, to deal with staff and emotions and yeah, my husband in the workplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my husband is very like, no, take the emotion out of it. And and also yep. very logical about things. And sometimes when I have issues with, with clients, in general, yeah. he said, you know, uh, and he actually has an MBA in, in team leadership or something. something. Oh, nice. So his psychology, you know, uh, also comes in handy there. And he said, don't internalize and don't take the, these things on as so a failure of yourself. Mm -hmm. Also try. Uh, and even, even with clients, you know, when they say, I'm so upset because I feel like you did this and this and this, and I, I you know, this happened. It's not, I'm so sorry. I, you know, I, I feel so bad for what happened. Mm -hmm. it, you should say, I'm so sorry to hear that you, you feel, feel that way, that this is the way that, you know, things went down and that I'm so sorry that you feel frustrated. How can I help to take that frustration away? And how can, or, or even with the staff, like, you know, I'm sorry that you feel uh, undervalued. So mm -hmm. how do you think that I can help you uh, be better instead of trying to come up with ways. So I think that that exactly. also really plays into the psychology and, and human nature of it all that you're not internalizing and you're not for yes. the way that people are, you're helping to come to a, a conclusion. Yes. Cause internalizing thing, that's when the, that's when the emotions start to come. And that's what the, this other gentleman that you were dealing with was doing was definitely taking everything personal and, and wearing this all on, as a reflection of him and because it wasn't going well it's because he's he was fighting his own demons and those were yeah. very clearly coming out onto you which is what we we don't want to do and we want to try to avoid at all costs and Absolutely. and another little tip that I thought was interesting was to keep quiet sometimes the quieter you stay you know like you let them kind of hash it out almost on their own right yeah <laughs> <laughs> the same right yeah. and uh, his, yeah and and that happened with him and, and in general people's voices just start to rise because you're keeping quiet and they're like and then, and then, and then and you're like okay yeah mm -hmm. and again at that point you're never going to get anywhere with that guy no. but yeah definitely <laughs> trying to be clear making sure we we don't let it go too long before we address it yes honestly and looking back at it yeah again I mean treating every everybody like people at the end of the day we all want the same thing and if we all want the same thing and it's just not working out the way that we're going about getting it then it's best to maybe just cut the ties yeah sever sever everything and, yeah exactly yeah Hi, yeah, yeah, good times. So, I know. Yeah, this one out. I hope I didn't take up too much of your time with this one. I'm so happy that you were willing to share so openly and honestly with me and with whoever is listening. I feel like what we talked about is incredibly value valuable because it's just it's real talk. It. Yeah, it's real talk about real things. And I think again, it, as you kind of mentioned at the beginning, you know, Instagram and social media really shines a light on all the positives and how well people are doing and look at this beautiful project and look at this cool thing that we're doing. 
but a lot of the time you don't really um, get to see the behind the scenes stress and hassles of, of getting to that perfect finish line or, you know, perfect in everybody else's eyes, but you see all the little flaws and you're like, mm. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. No one, no one will notice that. Is no, so, nobody yeah. will know. Okay, but like, you- okay move on. Oh, that's awesome. So how can everybody who is listening find you, Eva? My Instagram handle is uh, Avenue Design Inc. Um, on Instagram. I am also, actually, I just, did you, did you, do you know that there's a business page on Pinterest that you were supposed to? That I was what? Called? Yeah, there's on business Pinterest? Pinterest now. Yeah. Oh, so I did not know Avenue that. Avenue Design Inc. Oakville is my new Pinterest page. Um, our website uh, is avenue-design.ca. And yeah, that's pretty much, you know, the, the biggest things. We just like to um, keep things fresh and um, current and are always so beautiful. Things. They're just so beautiful. You do such a beautiful too, job. Man. I love it. I love seeing all of those really wonderful gigantic things that you're working on and I just I love it and I'm the big the small everything is awesome we have a nice little balance of both but I, I think again everything I see that you do I'm like oh my gosh look at these renderings this is so cool this is gonna look amazing so kudos to you strong yeah it's <laughs> just my team I didn't do it. I have nothing to do with that just the listen, concept yeah. listen same here part of being a very very um powerful business owner is being able to delegate and create this vision on your behalf with a great team of, of people and being able to have a brand and um, that, that, you know, strength behind you to make all of this happen because otherwise it's just, it's all going to fall apart. So good teamwork oh, is key. I love that. Thank you so much, Eva. I really appreciate it. I know you have some meetings coming up there, busy lady. So I'm going to let you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Cynthia. Bye. Bye. Please join us next time on the Fizz Podcast and make sure to subscribe to get all future episodes as they drop. Hit the like button in iTunes and leave a comment. Until next time.